Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the show. Is another episode of Chords and Courts. I'm your host, Sean Cavanaugh. Today we're going to do something a little bit different, bringing in my boy, the cousin Sal to my Bill Simmons on this podcast. You'll be hearing his voice throughout this journey as we grow this thing. It's my boy Harrison Child, the only guy I've ever met, the only person I've ever met probably, aside from my dad, who loves sports and music as much as I do. So although he might have all the credentials, trust me, this man is qualified, even though he doesn't have that blue check mark next to him on Twitter. Harrison, what's up, my boy? Yes, sir, my boy. It is a pleasure to be on the show. I'm so happy to finally be here. You've been talking about this concept for a very long time. And all I got to say are the first two episodes, absolute bangers. I'm so proud of you, and I'm excited to talk music and sports. All right, let's do it. This, of course, was the guy who came up with the name. So the creative genius behind it all. Because that's all that really matters, right, is the name. As long as I'm getting royalties, we're, we're good with that. Yeah, once I start making money. We're not there yet, so we'll see. All right, today we're going to do something a little different. I figured it'd be a cool segment idea, interesting conversation, a little game where we're going to decide how current NBA players would be like hip hop figures. So basically, like how they would translate, how their career paths align. If you had to compare them, we see this all the time, and when it comes to the draft, where people do player comps. You know, how does this player, how does this college prospect play like a player in the NBA? And they do kind of a poor job sometimes because they always be like Jason Tatum. What's his player comp? Kevin Durant. It's like, I don't think he's going to be Kevin Durant because that's the best player in basketball. Like, no one ever does a player comp with, you know who this guy reminds me of? Jameer Nelson. Even though that well, might that be more applicable. Happens. That never happens. They'll, they'll have, like, Luka Doncic and compare him to every white basketball player in NBA exactly. history. You know, it's like, you know, you could definitely compare him to somebody else that's not Larry Bird or, you know, Ke- uh, John Havlicek. There's a lot of other players out there. Right. It doesn't have to be the greatest player just because they like somewhat look the same or something. So we're going to try and branch out a little bit, not be too stereotypical, you know, not just go Luca compares to Eminem because they're both white. We're going to try and branch out a little bit, make this a little bit better. And you are the guest, Harrison. So I'll let you go first. Let's just jump right into it. I feel like the best way to explain it is just by doing it. So you go first. All right. Well, I got to say, I mean, we were talking about Luca. This guy, ever since coming into the league, has been setting the entire league on fire. I knew from the beginning when he was coming over from Europe, he was playing with grown men at 16. So the translation, the transition into the league wasn't going to be too difficult. Just like another rapper from Atlanta, he's blowing up and he's going to be the next prodigy of rap music. It's Lil Baby. Lil Baby. Baby. Okay. All right. I can kind of see it. They both have like that really young, the next one coming up, have that kind of internet culture around them that's building a little bit but they're also not quite at the peak peak but they're still around there you know little baby got a lot of love with his last album i think it was one album of the year at like the apple music awards or something but it's like the apple music awards he hasn't won a grammy you know he's not at that stage but he's winning things like that right and he's is, the is that kind of what you're thinking he's the people's champ they love him they love him in dallas they love him you know pretty much all throughout the states and you already know in europe they're loving luca same thing with a little baby. He was just out in France with James Harden. They were calling him the baby out there. I don't know and, if the French government loved him too much. I mean, I don't want to get into those logistics, but Legend. all I know is I think little baby is, you know, well-loved around the world as well. All right. What about like the styles though? Cause I feel like Luca is a little bit of a slow plotter, you know, he's kind of a slow dribbler. Take little baby's flow is a little bit 
faster. I'm not right. See, we think that, but Luca is also an assassin. That man goes, and whenever he plays, he's putting the ball in the basket. He's finding his teammates. They're gonna. He's getting them involved, and obviously, you know, they have a bright future. Same thing with little baby. Yeah, he might go fast, but Luca could do that as well. I think we're just a little too used to seeing him on the slow side. But if you ever look at his footwork, the man is a baby-faced assassin. Oh, I like what you did there. You tied it all together with the baby face. Good pick, good pick. All right, so Luca as little baby is the first pick. Should we do a starting five and then at the end see which team would win? We could definitely do that. I like that. All right, we'll we'll go through five. We'll go through a starting five, speed it up a little bit. All right, with my first pick, my first player comp, as we're going to call it, I'm going to go with a guy who, if you would have talked about him a year ago, definitely probably would have been a different rapper comparison. But now he's still quite on the trajectory. Obviously, his stock is going up, so maybe it doesn't make as much sense. But if I think you take just take the last month out, and I think this kind of works. Follow, see if you follow me. Trey mm-hmm. Young as logic. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I, I didn't get an absolutely no, so I'll, I'll keep going. So Trey Young is kind of you know, like you said, that ice cold assassin, but a little unexpected, right? He's got the disheveled hair. Obviously, logic is a guy who comes right at your face. He's just um, like very, very fast, you know, a very aggressive type of rap style. But it comes from someone that you wouldn't expect. You know, he's got his glasses, obviously his skin tone. Not people, not a lot of people would expect this is going to be a great best-selling rapper when you're talking about Logic. And I think they're both very, very skilled, obviously small, uh, big things and smaller packages, you know, both very skilled guys who are going to use the fundamentals, use those extra steps, always those extra movements, or if it's Logic, that extra bar, those extra syllables, in a verse that kind of gets you to the top and they're not quite at the top top like trans a superstar one-time all-star but not a multi-time all-star you know he's still coming up logic won a couple grammys maybe i just remember that 1-800 song being at the grammys i don't know if he won any but that kind of style where it's a big name but he's not headlining any festivals you know trey young is going to be at the all-star game but he's not going to be you know he's not even on the team usa team which might be because he's injured or he didn't want to play but he's not at that Top, top level. I don't think he'd be even starting for this team. So I think on the come up, kind of that same level of big household names, have that aggressive style, going to beat you with that extra move. But they also come in packages that you wouldn't really expect to be dominating in the way they do sometimes. You know what? That is a great comparison. And I would also have to add on to that. I think both between Logic and Trey Young, their entire lives, have they've just been overlooked. Obviously, they know themselves that they have the talent to get to where they need to go. And right now, you know, with Trey Young's career, within the, the couple of things he's been doing recently in the postseason, it's definitely paying fruition. Um, but both players, or between Trey Young and Logic, both people very overlooked in their career. They felt like they've had a chip on their so- shoulder their whole lives. And so they're always out trying to prove something. Yeah, exactly. That kind of underdog mentality. You saw Trey Young shushing the crowd. In Madison Square Garden, he loves that. that villain role. I feel like Logic's kind of that same way. He loves that disrespect he gets. He, you know, he retired is already coming back because he just can't help himself. He kind of craves that attention, that negative attention, and loves to silence the silence the haters. You know, right? All right, your next pick. I mean, this one's just pretty simple, right? You can't talk about rap music. You can't talk about the NBA without mentioning the two greatest names and coincidentally they're also like best friends so i'm going with lebron james as drake obviously oh, both been okay. in the game for a very long time okay but you know 
between the comparisons, I'm going to go a different route. I'm going to say one comparison that people probably don't think about is the amount of obviously attention that both artists garner, right? But to the real people of sports, to the real people of hip hop, no matter how many accolades, no many how many how many championships, no matter how many Grammys, you know, number one albums, number one single, Drake will never be the goat at rap, and LeBron will never be the goat at basketball for a big crowd out there. So there's a lot of old heads that will feel the same way about Drake and LeBron. But meanwhile, in this current generation, a lot of people will think, you know, Drake is the goat of this generation. He's not chasing any ghosts. You know, people are chasing him now. Same with LeBron. He's the goat of his sport. There's no dispute. Yeah, I think with those two guys, obviously, like you said, they're friends. Well, you kind of step out of the their respective spheres of the stage or the basketball court. Or they're both kind of have had the same career trajectory, you know, up and coming, hot young star. Lil Wayne picks out Drake really young early on. LeBron, obviously, the 18 year old prodigy coming out of St. Vincent, St. Mary's. They've had this hype around them for a really long time and they somehow managed to stay at that level and keep ascending every year. And you kind of look at their careers of also how well they've been able to maintain their public image. Both of these guys are the same way where when we criticize them, it's because they did something, you know, LeBron just didn't play as well. He scored eight points in a finals game. That's one of his biggest marks. Right. If or it's about, a cringy meme. Exactly. If you talk about Drake, it's, oh, he came out to go, uh, his Coachella set and just didn't really live up to the hype. It just a little fell flat. It's their actual performances. It's not like some terrible scandal where you see a lot of other athletes and a lot of musicians dealing with. Like their worst scandals are always – Pretty kept in-house, you know, like LeBron's worst public image was probably the decision. That's just a bad TV show. Drake right. is over here, his worst thing, I mean, hiding his kid maybe, but that was still a kid that he's loving and taking care of now. Privacy, it's not like he left you left the know, kid behind. Family. Exactly. They're both very genuine guys, both able to host like SNL, you know, they've dabbled yeah. in comedy. They're not bad actors. And they're just kind of corny dads. They're the right. vibe where they're on the sideline where Drake and LeBron are both yelling at refs. And you kind of want to be like, calm down. But they're not doing anything wrong. They're just being a little extra. And they're both really yeah. good at that. But they're at a level where they're so high that they're the epitome. They're at the pinnacle of both of their fields where anytime they walk in somewhere, everyone looks at them. They command a room no matter who else is in that room. So I think that's a really good comp. Obviously, these are two of the biggest guys we have in the world right now. And it's a good way of how their careers have gone along and their kind of styles are also the same, where they just keep, they switch it up every now and then. You know, LeBron goes to the Heat, goes back to the Cavs. Drake's changed his tone a little bit with some of his albums back and forth, but they still maintain that consistency of never falling off. Yes. And you know what's crazy is the things that they do, we accept as normal when in all honesty, they're the first people to do it. And it's not normal because what we're witnessing is greatness. LeBron's been to the finals nine straight times. And we just think that's a normal thing. No yeah. one's ever been able to do that, right? <laughs> Drake, I mean, that man could probably, if he were to headline a festival, could probably throw on a 10-hour set with all the number one hits and all the bangers that he's dropped over the years. We just think every Drake song that comes out now is pretty much normalized. That's just the thing that he does. But the man is really putting in the work. Same with LeBron, too. So we got to give the two of them some respect. Yeah, when you hate on them, you're just hating on the greatness. You're trying to pick little parts about it. It's not because they're bad at what they do. You can't say they're bad at what they do. They've proven year after year after year across two decades now, both of them, that what they do is great. You just have to pick apart the greatness 
And also their main complaints about them are just how they are as people. Just their personalities are a little annoying sometimes because they're at such a level where everyone's looking at them. It's hard not to be. So that's that's a great comparison. LeBron is Drake. So right now you got Luca's little baby. I went Trey as Logic. You went LeBron as Drake. That's a good one. I'm going to go a little curveball just because I feel like you might take this one. So I want to jump ahead of it. And I'm going to use – you're talking about goats. I'm going to use one former player – branch out from the current world. If we're talking just hip-hop figures, I'm not saying he's the goat of rappers, but I'm going to go two guys from the shy well, who are tied to the shy. They're not both from the shy. Mm, Kanye West I know where this is going. as Michael Jordan. Because I know he's a controversial figure, but you and I both agree that Kanye West is one of the greatest, if not the greatest, hip-hop figure of our generation of... I mean, I'm biased, but... Of almost any generation, I will argue that he's one of the most influential people in hip hop. Listen, of all time. Kanye, whether people want to admit it or not, despite all the antics that he's done, is single handedly the most influential musician in my lifetime. See, you know, there we go. Just like Michael Jordan, I mean, the man literally influenced the entire world, not through basketball, but also through clothing, sneakers, baldness. He made baldness cool. Imagine yeah. how cool you have to be to make baldness cool. Kanye did the same thing. Two bald guys. And then you go, it goes on and on. They have the Chicago connection. They have the bravado that anytime they're somewhere, they think they are the greatest. No matter what the field is, they want to be the best. Michael Jordan wants to be an owner. Even though he's struggling, I feel like in his head, he's still striving to be the greatest owner in the sport. He dabbles in NASCAR and he doesn't want to just dabble in it. If you listen to some of those interviews he was doing with his Denny Hamlin team, he doesn't want to just make some more money over here. He wants to win. He's always constantly trying to win. And Kanye's the same thing. When he dipped into fashion, he wants to win the fashion game. He doesn't just want to be accepted by everyone. He wants to be the best because in his mind, he is the greatest. They both have that crazy irrational things where they kind of made up stuff. You hear all these stories about Michael Jordan where, you know, someone on the Pistons is, he, he claims that he talks some crap to him in the game before. So then the next game he goes off for 50 something points on his head, even though it was just made up in his mind. They both make up these things to kind of, inspire that inner competitor in them to drive them to keep pursuing that greatness. And sometimes it's viewed as crazy a little bit. You would say this Michael Jordan's work ethic. Some would probably say is a little crazy how he was working out when he was even filming Space Jam, had them build that basketball court and he was lifting after all the games, the runs. And obviously Kanye West has his own things of his just character and his kind of artistic expression. Some people would call crazy. It's just kind of that work ethic of Creative genius, both of them in their own ways, where Mike will do everything it took to get the basket into the hoop. And Kanye West is going to do anything it takes to be, you know, get those beats perfectly down. It takes 10,000 hours to write one song. Michael Jordan would take 10,000 hours just to get that elbow jumper perfect. Right. I think that's the comp there for me, just because let, of the let, dedication let to the greatness. Out, let me put this out there for you. Obviously, last year, we got to witness Jordan's greatness through the last dance. I think it was like 10 episodes, right? Yeah. Could you imagine if there was an equivalent of that with Kanye's career? You know, that would be something that would be worthwhile to watch. I think he definitely. signed a deal with Netflix. I think we might be getting it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to be the first part. We'll, we'll be popping out the popcorn and making some margaritas to watch that one for sure. It'll be interesting though. Do you think a Kanye doc would be better if Kanye was producing it or if he had no attachment to it? If they just like got him? Because no, Jordan had a lot hear, of control. You would have to hear thing. it from the source. Kanye always has interesting things to say. And while I don't agree with a lot of the things that he says, 
it's extremely <laughs> crazy to look back at the things that he said and see that he had a point, you know, in, in today's present, which man definitely has a vision. And, and like he said, name one genius that ain't crazy. Exactly. So that's me, Michael Jordan, Kanye West. I don't know if Jordan would like it, but I think inside he would accept that they are very similar in a lot of ways. So who's your next pick? All right, all right. So, I mean, if we're doing a starting lineup, I got LeBron at the four. I got Luke at the three. I got to go with one of my favorite players in the league. All right. I'm going to go with Russell Westbrook as Young Thug. I like that. All right. You know why? Russell Westbrook. Why not? The man doesn't care. He does his own thing. You remember when Kevin Durant left the Thunder and they had on, now I do what I want. (laughs) <laughs> and Russell Westbrook was out there hitting them folks, you know, doing all the dances he was doing with campaign back in the day. The man just doesn't care. He's in his own lane. And same thing with Young Thug, too. I remember when Young Thug first came out, you know, he was rapping in his own voice, in his own cadence. And who would have thought that he would have inspired so many other rappers to come up with their own unique voice, their own unique accent? I mean, I remember watching a YouTube video on Young Thug where the, they had a linguistic person come out and she was like a phd in linguistics and she gave a whole breakdown on young speaking another language speaking another like the his pronunciation is totally like different like almost the first in human history in a kind of way and then obviously the you know i i, I wouldn't wear what russ and young thug is wearing half of the time but you know they, they have their own flamboyant i know you love what do you mean i mean look I like I, I like that, but ever since I saw Russell Westbrook dress up as a traffic cone, I, you know, it, it just doesn't hit for me like it used to. No, I like that comparison because as soon as you said it, I was just thinking how they both like kind of just spit aggressive venom all the time. Like they're they're both just in hyper speed all the time. Even right. if Young Thug's singing about something sad, it's still just so fast, like in your face, where you're like, what What did he say? Westbrook's the same way where. He's going so fast down the floor. You're like, what? How did he get that at the end? And also sometimes he throws it off the backboard. You know, they both just go for the aggression no matter what. Even if they're throwing it off the backboard and it bounces at half court for Russell Westbrook. Or Young Thug throws down a verse where you're like, did that even make sense? I don't know. It still just sounds fire. It's still impressive to watch to the eyes or to the ears. So Mm -hmm. I think that's a really good comparison. Just kind of that, like you said, they just do what they want. They're very unique people. Even if they aren't the best at what they do, you know, Russell Westbrook's not the best shooter, but he's still going to okay. take those shots. Young Thug, he's not going to be the best lyricist because he's, like we said, speaking his own language. But that's kind of their own uniqueness. And I think another part of it, too, where you look at Russell Westbrook was, for some reason, one of the most popular players among younger kids. I think Young Thug is probably the same way, where the younger generation is definitely the ones who latched on to Young Thug. Even just speaking from experience, I remember when he came out and he did his first set at Lollapalooza and everyone was like, hyped about like, yo, Young Thug's doing a set and it was off some side stage, like very, very small stage. I remember watching just like a couple songs like, yeah, I don't, I don't get this. And I was only like 23 or something. I was like, I don't, right, right. I don't get this. And it's the same you way. Were, you were understanding the linguistics back then. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with Russell Westbrook where he like takes a shot. His, he takes a three, even though he's missed 10 in a row. And you're like, I don't get this. Why is he still shooting? Mm-hmm. That's right. And, uh, you know, it's also crazy. I, I have to ask you this because we're talking about Russell Westbrook, actually. Do you think that society as a whole is underappreciating what we're seeing from Russell Westbrook? I mean, the athleticism is not talked about enough. I've never seen a guy at his size do some of the things he does. The way he just 
jumps at people. I love how he takes on seven footers like and be completely fearless. I think the one part of it though is he's had so many of those games, especially in big moments where it's one of those teams where you know, all right, we're gonna live and die with him, especially that MVP year he had with the Thunder's team. I loved watching it, but you knew that it was just not quite the right way to do things. Like it's one of those cases I feel like this happens in sports a lot. I guess maybe in music too, where someone's really good at what they do, but they just don't quite get over the top. You know, I feel like a lot of people view um, maybe Coldplay that way, which I guess is kind of back to the point. It's all in the eye of the beholder because, you know, there's a couple of Coldplay albums where like their stupid song with the chain smokers, right? Like I'm the biggest Coldplay fan in the world, but I'll admit that really wasn't it. Don't love that song, even though it's catchy, like it gets on the radio, gets around, people enjoy it, but it's not going to be the one where like, oh my God, keep it on that song. You know, maybe people will stay with it. They hear it in the store. They're not annoyed by it, but it just kind of goes with it. I like Russell Westbrook, you see something and he has another triple double with 20 assists. And like, that was really cool. I liked it. I didn't hate it. I didn't skip it. I watched the game and I'm impressed, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's not going to take you to that next level of greatness. If that makes any sense. All right. I I like that. The point that you had just made right there. Definitely. You know, it's not that he's underrated. I think he's just underappreciated because, granted, what he's doing right now, you know, we've only seen in NBA history from one other player. And I just think for, for Russ, at this point in his career, you know, he's doing amazing feats, doing things that I don't think will ever be replicated again. But when it comes down to the postseason and in crunch time, he really needs to be able to adapt to the game a little bit more. And not just go – that's the thing about Russ, though. He only goes one way. He only knows his way. I would like to see Russ kind of do kind of what Giannis is doing right now. You know, Giannis might not be the best shooter, but he always finds a way to affect the game in a positive manner for his team. I think, you know, Russ, if he trusts with his, little, with his teammates a little bit more, he has Bradley Beal out there. You know, Rui Hachimura is looking pretty nice as a young prospect. Just trust the teammates. You can already get them involved. You're great with assists. I think that'll go a little bit long way. Maybe, you know, just turn the gear down one notch uh, for Russ's mentality for the game. All right, going off that to tie it back to your comparison, if I'm putting together a song, like say Forever, right, with the More Than a Game or whatever the LeBron documentary was called, but you know Mm -hmm. the song I'm talking about. Absolute absolute classic. Eminem, Kanye. If I'm doing that with like current rappers right now, and one of the, I'll say we'll have four guys. And one of the rappers is Young Thug. Are you putting Young Thug last? Is he the closer? You know what? If I'm having that many stars on my track, I'm specifically just letting Thug do the ad libs. <laughs> so he you know, a little, like a little sprinkle, a little sprinkle of his voice here and there. You know, some high octaves. So that's where you want Westbrook. You just want a little sprinkle. It doesn't need to be the Westbrook show. We need a little sprinkle of Westbrook here and there. Yeah, you know, if he, like for example, if Westbrook is coming off the bench and he's providing that energy and that spark that we need, it can really add, you know, fire to the team. Just like a little bit of Young Thug in a track, you know, will add a little fire to the song. All right, all right, yeah, I like that comparison a lot. All right, I'm gonna move on to my next pick, my third one here. I'm gonna go Joel Embiid as Stormzy. Oh, okay. You know, um, a lot of people in your audience might not even know who that is. Exactly. So right now we're talking Joel Embiid, right? The guy who, if you're a casual sports fan, you probably wouldn't know the name. Be like, that guy doesn't sound super famous, but you probably recognize his face. 
Maybe you remember him as the guy always thirsting over Rihanna, but now he's got his own girl. He's got his own kid. He's past that. She's on to ASAP. But you think of him as this big kind of forbidding figure, right? This He has a very big presence, obviously a seven-footer. They both have a beautiful foreign accent, obviously from different places. And they kind of just have – and Stormzy as a rapper who's um, huge in the UK, grinding drill, if you haven't heard of him. The dude is headlined basically every – festival, including Glastonbury, except in America. So that's kind of my point here, right? Well, Joel Embiid is an all-star. He's a first-team All-NBA player, probably the guy who's you know going to go top five, top 10, no matter what list you're making. He's not going to fall out of the top 10. If you want to talk about worldwide rappers right now, Stormzy's going to be in that top 10. But they both have that kind of asterisk where maybe casual NBA fans haven't really heard of Joel Embiid because one, he's a big man and they don't score as much in the same way. Although he's added so much to his game. This is no slight on Joel Embiid. This is more of just what the kind of casual fan has that appearance of him to be where he is a big guy. So he doesn't have the same skills, you know, it's not as flashy as Luca or Trey or LeBron or some of these other guys, but he's still amazingly talented. And then with Storm, I mean, he hasn't won a championship yet, right? He hasn't had that playoff success to really get him to that next step where people talking are talking about him in that top, top, top tier where this is a guy you build a championship team around. And Storm's just kind of the same way where he's achieved success everywhere. He's gotten to the pinnacle, but he hasn't quite conquered America. He hasn't won the big one. The American market, as messed up as it is, as rooted in whatever twisted recording industry BS it is, whatever slight you know racial undertones are so mixed into the music industry, which is sad but true, that makes America kind of who makes music cool. Stormzy hasn't quite conquered here. He hasn't quite lifted that Larry O'Brien, which is, you know, that mainstream success, headlining festivals, you know, headlining Coachella, even though he can headline Glastonbury, which is the biggest festival which in the world. Unreal. The other one is Coachella, and he probably wouldn't be able to do that right. at this point. So, you know, they're both kind of the same of huge guys have made it. They've made it to the top could, level, could you but give, there's something could, they're still chasing. Sean, you, you got to give your audience a little context to just the, Stormzy? the musical significance of Glastonbury, especially Stormzy headlining it. Because mm-hmm. people, I think for a lot of people, you know, they think of Coachella as like the biggest festival in the United States. But when we're talking like the world, let them know a little bit about Glastonbury. All right. So Glastonbury, that's a great point. Great, great producing by you. Look at you. Why don't you do this for a living? Yeah, I mean, put me on as a co-host. We can make it happen. So Glastonbury is a festival that happens, I think it's a few hours north of London in England in a town called Pilton. It's just this big farm. And the people like to call it the farm. It's Worthy Farm. And if you've ever seen maybe some videos online, you can Google them on BBC Radio or whatever on YouTube. There's this big pyramid stage. If you've ever seen like a live video, you're like, why are they playing a concert at a pyramid? That's the festival. Everyone who's anyone who's everyone has headlined this festival. That's when you know you've made it, especially in England. But anywhere around the world, we're talking Paul McCartney, Beyonce headlined one year, Kanye headlined one Jay-Z. year, Coldplay's headlined multiple years, Jay-Z, um, Foo Fighters, Stormzy. And when you make it to that level, you know that there's no going back. Taylor Swift was supposed to headline this year before it was canceled. It's the biggest of the biggest. You have to be at the absolute top tier, like Coachella to headline these festivals at this festival specifically. And it's when I say the biggest festival in the world, I think it's also because of attendees. They have like more people go to that festival than anywhere else because they build a giant city on a farm where people camp and it becomes kind of, you know, those that Woodstock vibe of what you think of the stereotype of music festivals 
not like flower crown stereotypes, the more of hippies together. You're in the mud out there. In the mud. They're, what do they call them? Wellies, the rain boots in England. That's right. That's Everyone's right. arm in arm, smelling terrible because they've all been camping and just absolute recklessness. But more importantly, though, it's the artists. The artists always talk about, if you ever hear anyone talk about, oh, I got the headline Glastonbury, they have such an awe to it. They have, you know, Coldplay even calls it their home. Anytime they play there, it feels like home. I think um, U2 never does festivals, ever. And I think the first one they came back for, they finally agreed, all right, we're going to do a festival now after their story, story career. The first one they did was Glastonbury. And I know they did it like Bonnaroo maybe like not even any other ones. Those might've been the only two they did, but Glastonbury was the one that got you to the most pompous band. Sometimes the most stuck up band sometimes as we all know they can be to headline their festival and agree to the terms of a shortened set. Same thing with Kanye West. And this is a place that just kind of has like a huge impact on music, especially all around the world. It's also a place where people get introduced. Um, They have, you know, introducing stages and when you're talking guys like any big british artist like i don't know dua lipa had played at glastonbury a few years ago now if dua lipa went back she might be a headliner and it's that progression where you can look back at lineups and you yeah. see especially in the british sphere like mumford and sons right they headline one year after years and years at the other stage the secondary stage and yeah. kind of you see the build-up especially in british music and obviously other european artists who we know as well build up to that point, but to make it to the top, the top, the top. If you like music, you've heard of all the names that make it there. It's not just some of these festivals where maybe Stormzy is the one you haven't heard of, but that's the very, very pinnacle of music to get there. And that's where Stormzy got at, even though they're not as big in the States. So there's still that one little missing piece. Shout out to Stormzy one time, man. Shout out to Stormzy. Yeah, if you don't know, if you like hip hop and you haven't really dove into drill and grime, just go because you're eventually going, you're initially going to be hooked in just because of the accents. The accents make every, even though you don't know what the heck they're talking about. I mean, you don't know what the heck Young Thug's talking about. So might as well just go in and enjoy the British accents. Let it fill your ears. And it just sounds so catchy, even if you can't rap along to it for the first five listens. <laughs> Most definitely. All right. Who's your next one? Number four. All right, I got to go to the shooting guard. Um, there's a lot of great shooting guards in the game right now, but I'm actually going to go with someone that I think, you know, is the voice of the youth in the NBA. Somebody that a lot of people look at, and I, I mean this from like a, a swag-wise, a culture-wise, you know. Um, I got to go with the young boy from OKC, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, and uh, I, I believe he is right now, the impact that he has on the youth, same impact that Travis Scott is having on the youth. So I'm going to have oh, both okay. of them as a comparison. Now, obviously with Same Travis, he's at one of, one of the apexes of the game right now, you know, but he's taking a little break from music to do other, you know, endeavors. And obviously he's getting the bag for it. But I would say Travis's biggest influence, you know, outside of his music is obviously the way that he lives his lifestyle, the way that he dresses specifically, his fashion. And I think it's pretty undisputed between players and also people that are in the streetwear and fashion that, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, For sure. best dressed, swaggiest player in the league, hands down. You can put the gold medal on his neck. He deserves that. Just like how people think. I mean, I don't really know how many people think about the way Travis dresses, but you have to admit every wave that <laughs> Travis, you know, gets on, all of a sudden everyone's rocking it. You know, year and a half ago, 
nobody was rocking SBs, okay? I don't think anybody was skateboarding. Unless you were skateboarding, you were rocking SBs. Otherwise, nobody was rocking SBs. And then Travis was rocking SBs and Donks, and now look what people were rocking. So it's just it's, they, they have a definitely a, a pulse on, on the culture, the two of them. Yeah, exactly. When you started talking about it, I had a feeling the fashion connection was going to be one, and they kind of have that same style too. The one thing I push back on is I feel like Travis Scott is at a much – maybe as this would be different if SGA didn't play in Oklahoma City and they didn't shut him down for half of the season. I didn't know SJ was at that level to earn getting shut down because you're too good. You're going to win us games for Oklahoma. Right, right. Yeah, but I still don't think he's, yeah, I don't think he's still quite at the level that Travis Scott is because Travis Scott now is one of the most influential people like in – the whole realm of pop culture, especially for people our age and younger. And maybe SGA gets to that. Maybe it takes him getting out of OKC. Maybe it takes a couple rebuilding years. What we've seen with Devin Booker, right? They were kind of in the same boat of uh-huh. a couple of years, just being the best player on a bad team, grinding, winning no games. Maybe they make one trade that helps them out, and all of a sudden SGA is dating a Kardashian. So I could yeah. very well see that happening, just like Travis Scott did. So maybe uh, I, I, mean, I mean, she will definitely Devin. get there. Shay will definitely yeah. get there when, you know, within the next five years when his teammates are like Bronny, Mikey, you know, Chet, Chet Holm, uh, Chet Holm, what's that? Yeah, Chet, yeah, what's that guy? Yes, yes, him, you know, and all, all the other first round, you know, number one. <laughs> Man, all they're going to run a draft them. one year. They're going to run a draft one year, I swear. <laughs> Don't they have 14 first round picks in like the next 10 years or something? Yeah, and 27 picks overall. That's insane. So I can see that happening. I feel like he's not quite there yet, but I like the comparisons there. Maybe a couple of years if they make a some type of trade that like the Suns did for Chris Paul. I don't know what that trade would be because they kind of tried to do it without Horford and it didn't really work out. And obviously they had Chris Paul and then they got rid of him. So I don't really know where that OKC. I'm a, I'd be a little worried. I know Sam Presti's done a great job and they've somehow stayed relevant almost every year, minus right. last year, despite being in Oklahoma and not attracting free agents and losing Durant, Harden, Westbrook. I, I can't I wait for that. I can't wait for that documentary one day. I, I will have to say this. You made a great point. Let me refrain. I will say right now, Shea Gilgis Alexander is like Travis Scott during Travis's rodeo phase. There we go. So what does he have to do to get to Astro World? You know, for him. Does he need right? a teammate? Or do you go think to LA, my boy. Guy? Go to LA, go to somewhere in New York where you could just be the man. He's a great player. I think. If right now he was in a bigger market, he would do big things. But, I mean, look at the impact that he's making from a smaller market. So I don't even really think it needs for him to, to necessarily win a championship. Just continue to dominate and be the voice for the youth. All right, I like it. I like it. All right, this next one is a little tough. Uh, I feel like my main comparison here, I was leaning one way with it, but now I'm not sure, and I'm going to go a different direction. And I don't know if it's going to be lazy. You can call me out on it. But James Harden as Rick Ross. Okay, okay. I mean, they, hey, James Harden was looking a little bit like Rose at the beginning of the season this year. Exactly. So, obviously, the the look, the beard is iconic for both guys. They both kind of have that inner gruff. You know, I feel like Harden plays with that little bit of inner gruff of just – especially we saw it when he took that post-up defense on um, – yeah. Giannis, just that inner wall where if you try to like bump them, you're just going backwards. Like they're just yeah. built and I, solid. And I feel like he's huffing and puffing like Ross too. Anytime he drives it to the lane, he's probably going, oh. 
Exactly, yeah. right? I feel like he's always the one. I feel like he's the one who started when you go for a layup, yell too. So you like draw the foul. They kind of have that iconic where you're like, he doesn't speak that much, but you know exactly what he sounds like because he has those individual noises. And also, too, guys who just have like a very slow, methodic, but like poetic flow. You know, when LeBron, when not LeBron, when James is going his back and forth dribbles and then hits that step back three, it's kind of Rick Ross, how he speeds up into his verses too, you know? He kind of has that slow and steady start where he's like, all right, this dude's high as hell. He's just chilling. And then he kind of gets like a little bit more aggressive at the end and like ends his verses with a little bit more of a a flash. They're both capable of just riding a beat, coasting along, sometimes too much, as we've seen with James Harden, but also Mm -hmm. able to throw down that hammer, able to throw down a verse where you're like, wow, this song had four guys on it or four rappers on it. And Rick Ross's verse by far stood out as the best. And they're not quite the greatest but some people could make the argument that at a time they've been the most talented or the, the best in a scenario. So like a song, you can make the argument that bigger names have been around Rick Ross, but his verse was better. James Harden, obviously not ever the best player in the league, but has won the MVP. So I guess maybe he was the best player that year. But when you talk about basketball on a whole, no one's ever really said James Harden is the best player ever. But there are a couple pockets out there where someone's really standing for both of these guys. Right. And then also to strip clubs. They both love strip clubs. Amen. I'm sure both of them have been at Magic City at the same time, and the girls have gotten confused because they look very similar. So, you know, (laughs) am I at Rick Ross's table or am I at James' table? I don't know. I wonder which one spends more money. Exactly. Exactly. It's a competition at that point. Sure. All right. Your last one. Fill out your starting five. You know, I got to go and show some love because growing up, this guy – you know, wasn't really necessarily a five back then. He was a four, but I think if he played in today's NBA, if we're, if we're doing that, he could easily play the five and he would dominate. I got to go with the big ticket, KG. KG, okay. Yeah, and if I had to do a player comparison, you know, I got to go with somebody who was also a big ticket in the heyday. Somebody that ran a game, had a loud mouth, and wasn't afraid to, you know, stand up when confronted with, with adversity. I got to go with 50 Cent. Okay. Okay. Don't sue us, 50. Don't sue us. Okay. What do you, who do you think's a better trash talker? You know, people don't understand how many fuse this man, 50 Cent, has gotten in. And he's gotten in with some big people. What's the same with Garnett? Yeah, exactly. I mean, think about the things that they both say. Like, for example, (laughs) 50's been infused with Kanye. He's been infused with Mayweather, you know, arguably the greatest boxer of all time. People to this day think Mayweather can't read because of what 50 said. So, you know, obviously the man has some, like, weight in his words. Same thing with Kevin Garnett, too. I mean, he's spitting some – I mean, man, that guy is spitting straight venom on the court. Like, some of the things he said is crazy. Remember that one time Carmelo Anthony tried jumping him outside of MSG because of the things he was talking about Lala? Like and and then also I don't know if this is true or not. Apparently it is, but you know KG was playing against Tim Duncan I think on like Mother's Day or something, and you know Tim Duncan's mom had just recently passed away, and KG goes up to Tim Duncan and, and just you know like says like or during after scoring a bucket or something like that it was like Happy Mother's Day just spewing that venom over to to you know, Tim Duncan you know man has like you know zero regard for human life. That's true. Definitely no regard for even like was he? He was on that team, right? With that LeBron dunk. No regard. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's one of the greatest LeBron highlights. I, I was. That was a good time for 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 basketball. 
Are you saying it was a better time than now? You know, I think back then it was like the last of the generation when we were born and moving into this new wave of basketball. You know, you had your a lot of old players that were reaching the end of their career. You had KG, you had Dirk, you know, you had Tim Duncan, um, Kobe was getting up there. And, you know, D Wade, you know, AI had recently retired and you were transitioning into these new players, you know, CP3, LeBron, Kevin Durant. Um, and it was just a really exciting time of basketball. I think now we're seeing that next iteration of transitioning where you have like technically the older players in the league, right? LeBron, um, at CP again, and, and they're transitioning over to like Trey, Luca. A lot of book, a lot of these younger players that are going into the league. So I'm sure for fans that, you know, are, are, are younger, they're able to get that same perspective that we had when we were watching, you know, Kevin Garnett, Kobe, and, and LeBron when he was young. All right. So for my last pick, I think I'm going to go a little bit outside the box. This guy who's fallen off a little bit, definitely, we hope not, but sorry, it might be true. Your peak might be in your past already, even though you're both young. I'm going to go Kyle Kuzma as Tyga. Oh, both, have been, both have been played by the Kardashians in one ways, in one way or another. Both, when you bring them up, they kind of just get clowned on now. You know, Kuzma was out here when he was posting those pictures with those baggy pants. It was cool when in, at that time, but now everyone's like, why is this dude still on this team? If he posts that picture again, people would just absolutely trash him. Same thing with Tyga. When he was with Kylie... He could probably wear whatever he wanted. People were like, oh, Kylie put him onto that. Now, if he did it, people were like, go, go back to your OnlyFans, dude. Like, go back to headlining. I don't even know what. I think he headlines at Jewel or something. I don't even know which nightclub he headlines in Vegas. It's like one of the eighth tier ones. Right, I saw right. somebody so, post some, a story. Where it was like, like yo, Tyga's on stage. Why would you ever go see Tyga at a club? You cannot pay me <laughs> to go see Tyga at a club. In the same way that I don't even know if I would take Kyle Kuzma right now on. Like, say, our favorite team, the Magic. If, say, the Magic traded for Kuzma, I'd be like, no, thank you. He said he thinks he's a 25, you know, point points per game scorer and, and an all-star. You know, obviously, being an NBA, you got to have that mindset. But I think Kuzma is speaking a little bit out of his out of his mind. You know, just just not it. All right, so to recap, you have your starting five. Luka as little Baby. LeBron is Drake. Russell Westbrook is Young Thug. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander is Travis Scott. And Kevin Garnett is 50 cent. So if we're talking basketball-wise, you got Luka, LeBron, Russ, SGA, and KG. If we're talking rapping-wise, Lil Baby, Drake, Young Thug, Travis, 50 cent. Rapper-wise, your basketball team is trash. Basketball-wise, <laughs> your team's pretty raw. There's a, there's a lot of fast pace. That, that team's going to run up and down the floor. Right. My, my team, we got Trey Young is Logic. Michael Jordan is Kanye West. Joel Embiid is Stormzy. James Harden is Rick Ross, and Kyle Kuzma is Tyga. So I have a little bit more size on you. You have more skill basketball-wise. I got Trey, Jordan, Embiid, Harden, and Kuz. Kuz is going to bring us down a little bit. It's definitely the weakest of the 10 guys on the floor. I think maybe he has a chance to prove himself. You. Maybe like Tyga, you know, they both have chances to prove himself. Rapper-wise, actually, my team's pretty crap too i got tiger rick ross stormzy kanye and logic i could run with those guys I listen think. man you know how spotify does those recaps every year and they're like this is the music that you listen to i guarantee you some person out there will have them in their top five <laughs> so yeah i think you probably win if we're playing basketball or if we do these teams if we got all 10 together and ran squads i think you'd probably win basketball wise 
but I like my list better because I have okay. my Jordan. I, you know what? I am a huge Jordan fan, so I, I'll give you that. I'll give you that one. All right, to wrap it up, who do you think? Because obviously we're doing this as comparisons, but as they like to say, ballers want to be rappers. And you even have firsthand experience of this, which I talked about in the previous pod, where your dad used to produce and Orlando Magic players would come in and just try and make tracks, rap over beats or whatever. Who do you think is the best basketball player rapper? There's a lot to choose from, but who actually did it well? Mm. You know, I feel like the easy out would just say, like, Damian Lillard right now. I mean, Damian Lillard is a, is a killer spitter. Like, he... He's lethal as Dame Dollar. But uh, I might not even go with, you know, I, I think the person that I actually enjoy listening to his music. And he, he does, you know what? It's not even rap. It's not even rap. I got to go with my boy, Victor Oladipo. Man. Oladipo? The yeah, sweet, sultry sounds of Oladipo's Oladipo. voice? Listen, he has a great voice. We knew this when he was singing at Indiana. Came to the league, he was singing for the Magic. And recently the man was on The Masked Singer. Did you see that too? Yeah. Victor Oladipo is Akon. How about that one? Ooh, I like that one. I like that one right there. I, I, you're not going to go with Shaq? You don't think Shaq was the best? I mean, he's even crossed over into I think, DJ I think now. if I was born in, ni- in 92 or 93 and I was listening to like DC Boys and whatnot, I'd probably go with Shaq. But with with, with the type of music and flows that I'm kind of rocking with now, it, I, you know, it, it might be a little bit uh, prehistoric to, to – to put Shaq up True. there. True. He kind of does mumble a lot. Although mumble rap, he was ahead of his time. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That is true. That is true. Harrison, appreciate the time, man. Obviously, you're going to be a voice that pops in every now and then for conversations like this. When we go a little off topic, a little more comical. Hope everyone enjoyed the listen. Appreciate the time. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe, follow, whatever all the buttons are. If you listen to podcasts and you listen to it, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. That's all that matters. Appreciate the time. See you, Harrison. Hey, man, Sean, I appreciate it. Everybody, continue to listen to this man and his journey and his voice. He absolutely has a beautiful mind and somebody that truly loves sports and music. If you love that, listen to this podcast. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.